Well, bless the Lord. Welcome to another Tough Truth broadcast. I'm Jonathan Edward Reif, and I'm here to present the Word of God to you today. It's been a beautiful day here in the United States of America, in Ohio. I know I have some folks who have been reaching out to me from other parts of the world. Actually, quite a few people in the last couple of days. And I just believe that God is getting ready to move mightily in your life. He's going to use you in great ways, great ways. I have a message today. I have no idea how long this is going to take. Um, I've been going pretty lengthy lately. I started out kind of 10, 15, 20 minutes, and I'm slowly building up to right around an hour lately. So we'll see where this goes. I want to talk about the border crisis. I want to approach it from a biblical, biblical viewpoint, not an American viewpoint, a biblical perspective of what the Bible teaches concerning border crisis. I just think those who have been watching me live on Facebook or you've watched the, uh, the recording of it later, um, Rumble, YouTube, I, I'm not getting a great response off of Rumble, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, there's not a whole lot going on over there. Uh, YouTube's decent. Facebook seems to be the most effective communication line that I have right now. Uh, Instagram is starting to grow a little bit, and podcast, podcast is is growing each week, and I'm seeing people download the programs and listen to them, and that's a great inspiration to me. Um, I just know that God's on the move, God is at work, and and I know that He will have His will. I just offer myself up as a vessel to speak, for him to use, and to be a minister for his glory and for his grace. That's all that matters to me. I've, I've done the worldly things, and um, they leave you empty. And only his purpose, only his will, only his dreams in your life will fulfill you. Before I speak on this subject, I want to go to prayer and ask that God's presence, God's grace, God's mercy will be here. May God use me to convey this truth. May I not have an attitude, may I not come off catty, may I not come off mean, but may I speak as the oracles of God and speak the truth of God, how God wants it to be spoken. So let's go to prayer. Father, I just come in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. I thank you for the beautiful day that you've given us, God. I thank you for the wonderful word that I heard in my local church today, God, and the words that others heard, Lord, from your, from your spirit that inspired them, God. I just ask that, that, that those words be watered, God, throughout this coming week and that they walk your word out, Lord. God, I ask now that you be upon me. Be, may your grace be upon me, not only your unmerited favor, but your divine enablement be upon me to present this word, God. I pray, Lord, that you bring the ears that need to hear. The ears that need to hear this word, Lord, you will bring them across this broadcast, across this podcast, God, in whatever means they may find it. I just ask for your glory and for your presence, for your spirit and your anointing to be here. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen, 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 and amen. Thank God for his presence. Thank God for his anointing. Thank God for his word. Thank God for his glory. God is good and greatly to be praised. 
I want to talk about the border crisis situation in the United States of America. And I want to look at it, as I've said, from a biblical viewpoint. From a biblical viewpoint. I, I have been guilty of copying an attitude, you know, since we've seen, you know, the, the crisis and particularly the new president that's in office, that's, you know, how the, how the borders have just been open season. And I've been guilty to look at this strictly from an American perspective and become angry. But God's been doing a work on me over the last three or four months. Um, he's put me on the ground three different times for long periods of time and talked to me and showed me where I was wrong and my attitudes were wrong and what I was following after was wrong. And he, and he, and he instilled a new sense of evangelism in me that I never... Well, I, I did have back way back in the early 90s in Bible school, but that I had lost. And he showed me through his word a better way, a better way of the way I was thinking and looking. And, and my perspective was, was all screwed up. And I just pray that what I say today will dig down deep into individuals' lives. And, they, and you will hear this word. And, and follow along in the Bible with me. And read these words for yourself so that you can get a biblical perspective of this situation and not an American perspective. A biblical, if, you're a, if you're a Christian, you're a Christian first, then you're an American. If you're from another country, you're a Christian first, then you're whatever country you're from, the nationality you are. And we turn that around, we twist that around, especially in this country. We seem to think that patriotism is... Christianity, and it's it's truly not. You're just being an American. You're just caring for your you know your land, your homeland, your family, whatever. But ultimately, you're not. You know, Jesus doesn't have an American flag flying up there on the right hand of the Father in heaven. You're not going to find that in the Bible. Christ died for all. Christ died for all people, and He wants us to minister and evangelize all people. Not just our country, not just to pray for just our country and our situations. And a lot of that's based out of fear. I mean, let's just let's just be honest. It really is. People are just wigging out because of what's going on. God's in control. God is in control of everything. You don't have to worry about it. Even if even if your flesh is burned or whatever it may be, you're going to heaven. Your spirit lives forever. We have to stop being so scared of persecution, scared of negative things that, that, that are going to come into our life. Nobody wants to hear this. I, I noticed that you can post on like Facebook, you can post a verse about bless me this, bless me that, oh God's restoring me, oh God's going to do. I mean, you get likes out, you know, like crazy. You, you put something down about somebody suffering persecution, going through trials, uh, strictly right out of the Bible, and nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> it's in the Word of God, folks. You can't just pick and choose. Well, I want the bless me gospel. I don't want the other part. You know what I'm saying? And we Americans, we're the worst at that. We've, we are so spoiled, and, and we've had so much bless me gospel over the last 30 or 40 years that I'm quite sick of it, to be honest with you. It's not accomplished what the church should be accomplishing. We have to get a heart 
for others. I'm on a tangent. And uh, I want to get to these scriptures. So let's go to Acts chapter 17, 24 through 27. Acts 17, 24 through 27. Now you're going to hear my mouse click and the thumb wheel on my mouse make noise. Um, eventually I'm going to find out a better way of doing this. It's just a little bit more helpful than using the Bible. Um, I'm thumbing through the Bible and I can't mark that many places, many scriptures as I go through. So I'm going to use um, this version of the Bible that's on my laptop. And you'll hear my mouse, you know, you'll hear the clicking and whatever. And you just have to kind of... Especially the podcast, folks. You'll have to just bear with me, okay? Just bear with me. It will make a little bit of noise here and there. In Acts chapter 17, 24 through 27, verse 24 says, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Verse 25, neither is worshipped with man's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Now, here's the key verse and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed in the bounds of their habitation, verse 27, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel, feel after him and find him though he is not far from any of us or every one of us. Now that's talking about borders and boundaries. There is nothing wrong with having protection. There's nothing wrong with having private property. There's nothing wrong with, you know, protecting your family, protecting your country, protecting your nation. It's a biblical uh, truth. But we have to watch we don't take that to an extreme. That's, and I will, I will get there with that. So we see from these verses that, that having boundaries, having borders, is godly. Okay, they believe what that if from Noah, the you know basically from Noah is where all the nationalities came from, Shem, Ham, Japheth, so on and so forth, and they were spread out because of the the floods and so on and so forth, and it created all the different nationalities. That's the common biblical viewpoint of uh, how nations were developed, how men were spread across the earth. Let's take a look at Deuteronomy nineteen fourteen. Deuteronomy nineteen. 14, back in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 19.14, I got a little bit of worship music going on, just uh, what they call soaking worship music in the background, hopefully it's not too loud, just kind of sets a nice ambiance in here, invites uh, the presence of the Lord in, so. Verse 14, thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, kiss them about private property, uh, ownership, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord hath giveth thee to possess it. So again, boundaries, fencing, so on and so forth. It's, it's completely scriptural. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, the whole idea of having like open season, open nation, uh, that is not biblical. That is actually anti-biblical. Uh, those who, who, are, who are wanting that to happen are globalists. They have a reason why they want that to happen. Okay, these folks that are coming into our country are pawns, unfortunately. 
their pawns in these people's hands. They're doing it for a reason. I'm talking about the big wheels behind the scenes. I'm not talking about the folks that, you know, may uh, don't really have a whole lot of say that, you know, think just everybody should just be able to come to this country anytime they want. I don't think necessarily they have uh, nefarious reasons for wanting that. But the folks with the big money and the government, um, it, it, you, can, you can track all this down. They, they're doing this for a reason. They're trying to bankrupt this country. They're trying to infiltrate it with an excessive amount of population. Um, they're, they're attempting to pull more votes a certain direction. And I'm going to get there with all this because the Bible says what the devil meant for evil. God will turn it around for good. What the devil meant for evil, God will turn it around for good. God's going to turn this around. God is going to turn this around. Let's take a look at Proverbs chapter 23, 23.10. Proverbs 23.10. God is good. It says, Remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. Again, Another verse in the Bible talking about borders, talking about property ownership, talking about protection, so on and so forth. And I mean, you see through it, you see it throughout the Bible. There are folks that try to claim, well, Jesus was a socialist. Jesus, you know, he didn't, he didn't think there was any such thing as borders or laws. Read the Bible, <laughs> which these people don't read. They don't read. They just pick certain things out and. They don't read the entirety of scripture. Jesus wasn't a socialist. He wasn't a capitalist either, per se. <laughs> he wasn't. He was the son of God. He was the son of God that came to portray the truth to the world and die for our sins. He wasn't a political figure. So let's not try to snowball Jesus into you know, some kind of position that he, he, had, he did not have. The answer to the border crisis is the Great Commission. That's the answer. And I, I hear this. I used to think this way. I've heard it out of Christians' mouths. And these are good people. I'm not saying these people are wrong. You know, like they're awful people. But this attitude like, well, they've come into our country and put them on a bus and get them the heck out of here and send them back to their country and then we'll send missionaries to go minister to them. Does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense. This is happening for a reason, folks. The devil, he's working through people to try to, you know, bring down the kingdom of God, to bring down everything that's good, everything God's established. But that's not the solution. The solution is not to get all mad, mean, and uh, you, you know, and and get uh, starting. I, let's just be honest: getting racist, racist over those type of things. Uh, I've been guilty of it. We see somebody that's of a different origin, and we automatically, oh, I wonder if they're legal. Are they legal? Are they illegal? And, and as a Christian, that's not our main concern. Really, we should be thinking, I wonder if they're born again. 
I wonder if they know Jesus. I wonder, I wonder if they've been helped. I wonder if they have somewhere to sleep. I wonder if somebody's ministered to them. See what I'm saying? Two different perspectives. We got the American perspective. We got the Christian perspective. And as born again believers, we got to operate in the Christian perspective. We got to operate in the kingdom standard that Jesus laid down. We can't put our, our patriotism over our position in the kingdom. I hope I hope you folks that are, that are listening that will listen to this broadcast understand where I'm coming from with that. If it makes any sense, I hope it does. I hope I can lay it out here as we go from one scripture to the next. Let's go to Mark 16, 15 through 16. And this is, um, this is the Great Commission. This is the mission of every believer every believer now every, you have different callings you have different giftings you have different positions in, within the body of christ but every single person in the body of christ is called to evangelize in some capacity some folks have a greater calling on their life they have certain we all have certain people that god has put in his will for us to have influence on and that's the ones i'm going after that's the ones I know everybody's not going to listen to me. I know everybody's not going to like my style. They're going to like my looks or whatever it might be. But there'll be some that will. And that's the ones I'm going after. Paul said he became as all men that he might win some. That's what we have to do as believers. Verse 15 says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now we know... Every creature is, he's talking about mankind. I mean, we're not called to go preach to the, we go to the pet store and preach to dogs and cats. <laughs> so that's not what this is saying. Ultimately, God will redeem the earth. You know, that's true. First chapter of Romans. Uh, verse 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So that is the truth of the gospel that is the purpose of each believer that's what that's the last words christ gave to us before he ascended in the book of acts you know is to go out go ye into all the world he sent his disciples out what well, at least two times that we know of in scripture you know before he even died and had them had them preach the gospel and minister um that is our purpose and i'm sure anyone that's been in, in church been around Christianity, has heard that over and over again. But it's it's the God, it's the gospel truth. It's the good news. That's why we are here. That's our purpose when we become believers, is to spread the gospel and to win others to Christ. That's what we should be doing in the name of Jesus. Let's take a look at Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five. And I hope I don't come off angry because I'm not angry. I'm just inspired. <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a real nicey, nicey, sweetsy, sweetsy. Uh, you know, soft-spoken. Everybody just that's that's for some folks. That's fine, but that's not me. That's not how I am. I uh, have to watch that I keep my temperament proper, but. God has put a fire in me, and he wants me to use it. And I see folks in the Bible that were fiery. They weren't all, you know, timid and quiet. Uh, there, were, there were, look at Peter, look at Paul, the things that 
Paul said to the churches. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm going to go into that one of these weeks. I'm going to take the Bible and just go into what I call hard passages of Scripture, things that from the Old Testament to the New Testament that you, you read it and you're like, wow, really? How? I've never felt that way before. God, get me there. You know what I'm saying? That's, I'm going to do that in the weeks to come. I think it'll be a very, very uh, good time in the Lord. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.15. Okay, remember, one blood. Everybody's one blood. Now, there's a misnomer, too. I mean, and you hear this. I hear this, you know, we're all God's children. No, we're not. No, we're not. You're not a child of God until you receive Christ. You're a creation of God, but you're not his child until you receive Christ. Then you become, then you become his child, but not until then. But we're all of one blood, we're all of one creation. None of us are better than the other. None of us are created better than the other. We have no reason to think that one particular race, one particular group of people are better than another. One ideology is necessarily, you know, better than the other. We, we, for some reason in America, we think that the way we do things is the only way it can be done. And look at the mess we got. Look at the broken families. Look at the drug addictions. Look at all the different things that are going on in this world. Yeah, we got it going on in this country, don't we? Yeah, it's, I, I wouldn't square my shoulders too much about all that because, yeah, we got issues in this country. Very, very many issues. And it's in dire need of Christ. Is This country's in dire need of Christ. Verse 15. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So that is our reason for living. Christ died for all people. Now, is everybody going to receive Christ? No. Just like Judas. Judas was handpicked by Jesus and then betrayed him. And they claim he ended up getting upset, basically, what, committed suicide or got so distraught that he fell off the side of a, uh, rolled down a hill and they said what well, the Bible say that his you know, body was severely damaged. I won't get too gory here, but um, we are called to minister the gospel to everyone and not everyone's going to accept it, not everyone's going to receive it. And the passage, the Several messages back, I, I went into this whole kingdom now ideology that we're going to slowly take over the planet. And we're going to influence all the seven mountains and all this stuff. Folks, that's not the Bible. We are to be a light and salt and, and on this earth. But to think that we're going to like literally like slowly take over the planet, it's not, it's not consistent with what the Bible teaches. That's a man-made ideology. There's always going to be people that aren't going to accept the cross. They're not going to accept the gospel. Look at, look at scripture. Did everybody receive Jesus when he was here? Did everybody receive the apostles and disciples? <laughs> of course not. And, and you know, there were always, there's always, the Bible says the wicked are always going to be here. The wicked are going to get more wicked. But we have to go after those that God has, has said, you know, go after. They, their hearts are ready. Strike, you know, why the, why the getting's good. And that's, that's our mission. Romans 10, 14. Romans 10, 14. I hope the audio is halfway decent today. Um, I went out and got a new Bluetooth headset. Said I eventually want to, as I've said in previous broadcasts, I eventually want to 
build a broadcast quality studio, uh, soundproof, um, proper lighting, graphics, the whole nine yards that I could put on a proper production. And right now, I mean, I'm doing, I'm, I'm a redneck out in the country doing what I can do, okay? But uh, as God blesses, we're trusting that God's going to continue to bless. Um, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of things from different places, and I'm just excited about uh, what God is doing through this time. Let's look at Romans 10:14. Now, this is talking about the gospel. This is talking about the gospel, the spread of the gospel. How then shall they call on Him, whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That is our purpose. That's why I'm on this broadcast right now. I, I'm here to encourage Christians and to motivate believers. But I'm also here as one crying out in the wilderness and believing that the un, unsaved will stumble across this in some capacity whether it's on Facebook or it's on another um, streaming service or podcast that's ultimately my goal my, my ultimate goal is souls and even to inspire Christians to win more souls and to, to find their position in the body of Christ whatever that may be Romans 10 14 as I just was, had spoken you, they can't hear if they don't have a preacher. That is our purpose. That is our, our reason for living, as I've said several times in this broadcast already. I want to look at Romans 3.23. The Bible says, Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise it. That's, that's for someone out there. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Let God use you in any manner he, he chooses to use you in. And step out, as I spoke last week. And do what God's called you to do. And it may be small to begin with. Everybody may be looking at you like, well, who does he think he is? Or who does she think she is? You're called by Christ. Don't worry about what everybody thinks. You do what God's called you to do, and the Lord will take care of you. Romans 3.23, a very familiar scripture. I'm sure many of you have heard this. Those who are possibly watching this broadcast or listening to this podcast and aren't born again, this is the truth from Romans chapter 3. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. None of us are good enough. None of us are righteous enough. None of us are born better than someone else. We've all sinned. The Bible teaches in the book of Corinthians that we all sinned in Adam. Correct? It doesn't say Eve. It says Adam. We all sinned in Adam and that we were all redeemed to put back into the proper position through Christ if we acknowledge that and we receive him. And ultimately, we will see the fulfillment of our redemption, whether we we live and die before Christ comes back. But ultimately, Christ is going to redeem everything back to the proper state in the future. In the future. 
Things are going to get rough and things are going to burn up with a fervent heat, as I've talked about in previous weeks. It's coming, folks. Don't get, don't, as Christians, we got to start getting closer to each other and with true relationships as they did in the book of Acts. Because the world, the worldly system's trying to do everything to split up the family, to split up the church, to everybody on their own little island. All the things that are coming, that have come into this country that are negative, it's because of the breakdown of the family unit. That's the reason. Folks aren't tight-knit as they used to be. Families aren't tight-knit as they used to be. Research, research families and how families used to be in this country and, and how they are now and tell me what the problem is. <laughs> That's what the problem is. That's what the problem is. Galatians chapter 3, 23. Now remember we're talking, Galatians chapter 3, 28 through 29. We're talking about the border crisis. Okay, I've got off on a few bunny trails. But we're talking about the border crisis. And what is the answer to the border crisis? And it's not to throw a bunch of people on a bus and send them back to wherever they came from and shoot your guns as they're going out. Not Christian. That's not that's not Christ. <laughs> that's American ideology going on there. That's not the way Christ taught us to handle the situation. I can't find anywhere in the Bible that 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 condones that type of thinking, particularly from a Christian. It seems like those who everybody that's what we call conservative or right wing or whatever. They're not all born again spirit-filled Christians. There's people that want to take up arms right now and go overthrow the government and do whatever. You know, and they're in their flesh. That's not what the church is supposed to be about. That is not the way that Christ told us to handle things. We don't we don't war against flesh and blood. That is not the right attitude. I I, I hear this from, from Christians and it's like are you listening to yourself? You're, <laughs> what you're saying is not, it's not the Bible. It's not what Christ taught. It's not the spirit of love. It's not going to solve things by getting that way. And trust me, I've been there. I've had those bad attitudes in the past. And God's done a work on me over the last several months and said, hey, you better get that out of you. If you're going to be effective, you're going to touch others particularly those of other races, those of other countries, you better get this uh, fake American pride stuff out of you. Because he didn't put it in me. Society put it in me. Christ didn't put that in me. I need to be proud of his kingdom. That's, that's what I need to be proud of. And that's what we all need to be proud of is Christ's kingdom. The Bible says, this is another passage about Galatians chapter 3, 28 through 29. Neither... There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be in Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now this is speaking ultimately that there's no particular race that's better than the other. And if you become a Christian, you're one. When you're born, you're one blood, but when you become a Christian, you're one in spirit. So you have a double connection going on there. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. 
So that's exciting. I got written down here in my notes. Does God consider anyone illegal concerning the gospel? Think about that. Does God consider someone too far gone? Uh, behavior is so poor that they are a past other than somebody blaspheming the Holy Ghost the Bible talks about. And there's discussions on what that exactly what that is. Does, does that keep them from receiving the gospel? Are they so illegal? Or are they so far gone? The answer is obviously no. Christ died for all. He died for the ungodly. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. We've all been there. We've all done. We're all just evil as each other. I mean, we've all born into sin. We're all sin. We've all done it. Some have done it more than others. Some of the, the effects of it are more severe. But we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. So nobody's illegal. You think about, you think about this idea of, let's say you've been to work and, or you've been out of your house and you come home and you can tell somebody's been in your house. Your door's open or you see something, a broken window or whatever. Of course you want to protect yourself. But you go in there and you realize that the person that's in there is desperate for something, for food or something. They don't have a weapon. They're not swinging an axe at you. They're not, you know, coming at you with a knife or a gun. Is the proper is the proper thing to go in there, you know, you, you have to protect yourself. You go in, you know, you got a weapon or whatever. But once you see what that person's all about, do you just go ahead and start shooting? No. <laughs> you don't. Well, you know, they, hey, well, I'm just going to, you know, this person's in my house. Boom, 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 you know. And that's kind of the mentality we have with folks that have crossed the border illegally. Like, they don't deserve any kind of respect. They don't deserve from a Christian any kind of ministry. Uh, we got to put that aside, folks. We got to put that aside. There should be, you know, this, this recent events have been happening where They've had these large groups of illegals coming to Florida, coming to Texas, and the Texas governor, Florida governor, shipping them off to another city somewhere. Uh, what should be happening is the church in either Texas or the churches in Florida should be stepping up to the plate. They should have somewhere for these people to go. They should. We should have enough ministry to be able to take these folks in in some capacity and help them and minister to them. We've always believed about sending, you know, the revivalists or whatever to foreign nations to preach the gospel. Folks are coming to us. They're right here and on our land. We have the resources. So that's, you know, that's what I'm saying. Everything that's going on with this situation isn't godly. It's not. And don't think that, well, it's coming from the conservative side, so it has to be right. No, no. Not, again, not everybody that's conservative is a born-again Christian. Spirit-filled, spirit-filled, you know, spirit-led. We have to view this from a, a Christian, godly perspective. And I know it's hard. You want to, I mean, you know, that's just the way we Americans are. We just want, well, you broke the law out of here, you know. And no, that's not ultimately... What God is asking us to do is to make lemonade out of lemons. 
Yes, this border situation is awful. Yes, these people are, are pawns in, in, in some underhanded things that are going on in our government and our world. Don't believe that all these folks that stand up and cry, I mean, we've seen that. We've seen them send the, the uh, border, border, the folks that have been here illegally, they've shipped them to like Chicago and they, they're like, they don't want to, even though they're called a sanctuary city. So we see that the world doesn't have the answer, but the church does. Whether it's in Florida, whether it's in Texas, whether it's in Illinois, Chicago, whether it's at Martha's Vineyard, whether it's in Ohio, wherever it may be, the church has the answer. And I, I feel the churches need to start networking and figuring out a solution to this, figuring out an effective means to evangelize these people as they're coming in. Now, are they all going to receive? No. But there'll be many that will. And guess what? There's a good chance if they get right with God, they're going to want to go back to their home country and, and spread the gospel to their families, to their friends, to those who still remain where they've come from. Because that's the way it works in the Bible. That's just the way the gospel, that's the sowing and reaping aspect of the, of the gospel, the truth of the gospel and planting seeds. So you see where I'm coming from today? I hope you understand where I'm coming from. I'm not, I'm not saying there shouldn't be laws. I'm not saying there shouldn't be boundaries. I'm not saying there shouldn't be private property. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is, We've already have this effect. We've already got all this inflow. What are we gonna do about it as Christians? Not as Americans, as Christians, what are we gonna do about it? And what it is, is we're supposed to minister to them. We're supposed to be kingdom-minded. Um, I got here in my notes. We are leaning more towards nationalism than we are Christianity. We focus more just on our American ideologies than we do the gospel truths that are in the Bible. And we've, it's almost like we're making like patriotism like part of the gospel. And it's simply not. It's just simply not. Christ died for all. There's nothing wrong with being having pride for your country, but it's becoming an idol in the church particularly over the last what, six, seven years, it's just gotten out of hand and ridiculous. When you get more upset that there's an American flag touching the ground than you do somebody throwing the Bible in their backseat of their car, you got an issue. We honor the flag more than we do the scriptures. You see what, you understand, you know, I hope I'm making my point clear. <laughs> that is sad. We've got our perspectives all wrong. It's about the kingdom of God. It's not about our patriotism. And there's nothing wrong with being proud of your country, but don't don't equate, you know, patriotism with the kingdom and act like they're on the same level because they're not. They're not on the same. They're not even close to being on the same level. We as Christians, we're called to, to, to spread the gospel to all mankind and every nation, whether they deserve it or not whether they were right or wrong, whether they came over here legally or illegally, we still as Christians are supposed to show them Christ's love, minister to them, administer to their needs, 
and spread the gospel to them. And hopefully that they'll, they'll be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and, and replicate. That's how the early church grew. They replicated. It's seed time and harvest. Let's look at a few scriptures. I'll back those ideas up with some scriptures. Matthew 6, 33. Matthew 6, 33. I've been getting an awful lot of uh, communication from folks in other countries, or particularly this week. I don't know if any of you are watching or not. Uh, I know you were on my page. I know you're following me. Uh, you sent me friends requests. I had one day where it just blew up. I don't know if it was some type of a virus thing or what's going on. I mean, I'm getting, I got like 2,000 friends requests in, in 12 hours. It was insane. And uh, I can only have 5,000 on my page. So I had to pretty much make them all followers because I only want to add folks on my, at my friends that I actually know or some or contacted with somebody I know. Uh, and, I mean, it was it was nuts, and I've I had to I had to go back and set everybody as followers because it was just it was just craziness the amount of communication I was getting, and I'm getting uh, a ministers from from different parts of Pakistan and India and Africa saying, please, you know, come, please preach, please, please, please. Can you do an online uh, ministry? Can you, you know, I got a hundred people. I got 500 people. Can you set up a time when you go online and you can preach? Uh, yes, absolutely. If you're watching, yes, but we got to get it set up. I mean, properly. I got to have planning. I got to know I can't, you know, I can't be preaching to, 13 different countries at the same time over Facebook Live, you know, uh, at all these different times. So I desire to, to do that, but it has to be done uh, in order. So if you're watching this and you're, you're, a, you're a pastor in, in Pakistan or India or Africa or United States, or wherever you may be, Australia, New Zealand, uh, down in Central in South America, absolutely. I can't just come there on a drop of a hat, but I could certainly get online and and you can get a group of people together. You got the electronics, and you can uh, set up a screen, and you can interpret what I'm saying. Absolutely, let's go for it. It's about souls. It's about spreading God's word. It's not about making money. It's not about being famous. It's about spreading the word of God. So the answer to those who have contacted me, I pray that you're watching right now or you'll watch uh, in, in the delay later or you hear it on the podcast or you'll see it in one of the other streaming services. Absolutely. Reach out to me. Uh, message me. Uh, comment on this video. Um, and I will absolutely try to get something set up to where I can preach to, the, to those who you desire to me to preach to, whether it's two people or a thousand people or whatever it may be. So that's the answer to that in the coming coming days. And we'll just put it in the hands of God. Matthew 6, 33. Matthew 6, 33. We're supposed to be kingdom-minded as Christians. It's about the kingdom of God. It's not about one particular country over another. 
It's not over one particular race over another. It's not one particular, uh, what do I want to say, uh, as far as financial status, you know, over another. As Christians, it's not about that. It says in, in Matthew 6, 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So our main focus should be to seek the kingdom of God, to spread the gospel as, as Jesus told us to do. And Christ will take care of everything else. Christ will take care of everything else. Let's look at um, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We have such an opportunity in the church with, with what's going on. If we'll, I want to use the term player cards right, but I don't offend somebody. Uh, if we do what Christ asks us to do and we network and we get together and we get a plan, what an opportunity for souls. I mean, you got several million people coming across the border illegally. What an opportunity. Take them into our, our churches. Uh, figure out a way to, you know, to, to house or whatever it may be. I know there's already ministries that can do that and some that can't. What an, what an awesome opportunity that God's given the church. And we better turn off this patriotic uh, overstepping and get back to what the scripture teaches us to do as Christians, not as Americans or whatever nationality you might be, but as Christians. James 1.27, James 1.27. It says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. This is, give me that old time religion. You know, this is pure religion. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. We're to minister to others. Jesus talked about that. Jesus talked about, you know, did you come into the prisons? Did you do this? Did you visit me while I was sick? Did you do... That is our commission and that is our calling. And it doesn't it does say anywhere, Jesus never said, well, if they deserve it, well, if they're legal. Of course, when he was, he was on the earth, the gospel had not been given to the Gentiles yet. And you, but you've seen some Gentiles and you've seen some what we call mixed breed, uh, Samaritan, you know, push. And Christ ministered to them. He never once said, no, you're totally illegal. I don't care what your needs are. I'm not helping you. Jesus never took that position, nor should we. Nor should we. Let's look at 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, 16 through 18. I don't know what I just did. I just did something. I'm trying out, a, I've got an app on here now, and it uh, seems to work a little bit better than what I've been doing. I don't have to wait for it to load online. It's already on there, so... 1 John 3, 16 through 18. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Okay? 17. But whoso hath this world's goods, 
and seeth his brother have need. Now, someone could say, well, this is just talking about Christians. Uh, you know, if one of your fellow believers has need. No, no. No, you can find other scriptures that teach that we are to, to minister and help others regardless whether we would consider them part of the kingdom of God or not. See if his brother have need and shut up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? Those are strong words. My little children, verse 18, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. That is what Christ expects out of us is to minister to the needs of others, regardless. Like, like I said, well, they're not legal, Jonathan. They're, you know, that's not what the Bible says. <laughs> that's not the attitude the Bible tells us. You could go ahead and take that attitude, but I'm telling you, you're not operating in the love of Christ, and you're, you're, not, you're not doing what the Bible tells you to do. You're, you're putting your patriotism and your Americanization and our culture above what the Bible tells you to do. And I pray that this word, this word spreads and folks hear what I'm saying and, and talk to your friends and family about this situation. Say, you know what, you know, I've seen biblically, my attitude about this has been wrong. Um, there's nothing wrong with wanting it to get under control, but ultimately God's in control and what the devil meant for evil, as I said earlier, God's going to turn it around for good. So let's minister to the needs of others. Let's step in and be the church. Let's be the body of Christ. Let's not get in our flesh and start swinging our weaponry and, you know, screaming and hollering and yelling and being disgusting. That's not how Christians are supposed to behave. Other people that aren't going to behave that way, but as believers, we're not supposed to behave that way. There's a better path for us. Let's look in, uh, it's going to be the final scripture, Ephesians 4, 2 through 6. Ephesians 4, 2 through 6. Well, we're just about in fall, huh? Next week, I believe. I love fall. I don't like what comes after it. But uh, I love fall. I love this time of the year. I love college football, NFL, so on and so forth. The leaves changing, the crisp, cool, low humidity. I'm not a big fan of humidity. So it's, uh, that's coming soon. We're going to be officially fall next week. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to look at verse 2 through 6. Ephesians 4, 2 through 6. Looks like this broadcast is going to be about an hour. Somewhere close. 50, 50 to minutes to an hour. That's pretty pretty standard anymore, it seems like. It says, verse 2, With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. So when you're born into this earth, we're all one blood. We all come from common ancestry. But when you become a believer, you become one in spirit as well. And those who are out there that are one blood, that 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 are, when it comes right down to it, related to us that way, 
We need a desire that they become one in spirit with us by spreading the gospel, by ministering to their needs, by showing them the love of Christ. That is the only way we're going to get them into the kingdom. It's not going to be through force. It's not going to be swinging our weapons and cussing and hollering and throwing and waving our flags and quoting certain politicians' names and whatever else. And I've been guilty of it, folks. I'm not, sit I'm not sitting here today saying I haven't done such things. Well, other than I don't think I've done a lot of cussing but <laughs> lately. But I've done the fold of flags and all that stuff, you know, and God convicted me of it. He actually convicted me of it quite a while ago, and I still kind of held on to it. And this, over these last three or four months, I mean, God's put me on the ground for long periods of time and spoke to me, and it's, it's done something that's changed me, my perspectives. He's, he's put, he's put a, a desire to evangelize and to help others and a love that I pray grows because I need it. My, my personality is not normally, you know, lovey-dovey. I need that grace and that divine enablement part of grace to help me to minister and to love others. So I pray that I've ministered to you today. Take these scriptures and look at them again, review them, uh, research them. Uh, watch this you know, you can go back on my page, watch the same time you want. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Rumble. As I said, Rumble doesn't seem to be really going anywhere right now. YouTube is spotty. Uh, this seems to be the most effective means and uh, podcasts seem to be the two big uh, ways right now that this word's getting communicated. And I'm so thankful to God for it. But I just pray that it has helped you today. It's given you maybe fresh perspective or maybe it's enhanced what you already knew. And you're like, wow, yes, I'm glad, you know, somebody's saying this. I'm glad to hear this. I just pray that that seed is watered as you go throughout this coming week. That God will use this and use you to touch others. I know just the area that I'm from, I know that there's folks in this area that aren't necessarily legal. And we have some ministries that are reaching out. That's what's awesome. There are some in this area central Ohio area that are reaching out to the situation and I'm so thankful for it. So thankful for the ministers that, that have those ministries that God's using. But let's pray and believe that God is going to grow this and he's going to give churches, individual churches, individual ministers, uh, people within a church, creative ideas and ways to step in and make some lemonade out of these lemons. That, that have been given us here in this country. And and I'm not talking about the people. They're not lemons. I'm talking about the situation, the influx that's caught, you know, that's that's causing negatives. Let's pray that God inspires us to come up with creative ideas and, and networking and so and sources and resources. That's why we need we need an abundance in the body of Christ to help others. It's not to to live in some big house and drive a Rolls Royce. It's, it's to minister to others. That's why we need the abundance and the provision. So let's, let's just believe for that in the days to come. I want to go to prayer. I want to pray over the situation. I want to seal this word in your heart and in my heart and just ask God that he will continue 
to work through this broadcast and touch others in the name of Jesus. Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. I just thank you, God, for this time that we've had together, God, via Facebook Live. I ask God, as this word goes out on Facebook Live, it goes out on YouTube, Rumble, on the different podcast streaming services out there, Lord, that it will inspire, that it will create a longing to help others, an evangelistic mentality, God. May there be networking, may there be communications amongst different churches, amongst different ministers, God. They'll come up with creative ideas that the church can step in so that we're not standing there like, well, what, what, do we, what should we do? Uh, you know, it's, no, that we have answers. We have the answer. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the spirit of God. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's the provisions that God's put, God has put in our hands. The ideas that God has put in our, in our minds and our hearts. Those are the answers. And I just pray, God, that that takes place in these weeks to come. That we'll read less stories about illegals being sent over to some city somewhere to make a point. And we'll, we'll start reading more stories about this church stepped in. This ministry stepped in. This man of God did this. This one did that. May that be what we hear, God, out of the media. And may they see the body of Christ stand up in this crisis, this border crisis, and be the body of Christ and work as you've asked us to work, Lord. I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace, God. May it be with each and every one this coming week. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. I pray that you've felt the Spirit of God today, that you've heard His Word. Uh, his presence is real here. I know that where I'm at right now. God has uh, truly anointed this time, and I pray that it has a great effect on those who are supposed to hear it. I pray that you get out there this week and be a Christian and be who God's called you to be. And whatever you do, whatever you set your hand to, do it with all your might and God will bless it. God will truly bless it and it will be a great work for his cause. Again, thank you for tuning into this broadcast. I don't know if tuning in is the proper word. Clicking on <laughs> Clicking on the, the Facebook, uh, we're not on television, so, and, or downloading this podcast, but I just thank you for being here and listening to this word, and I just pray that God continues to anoint and bless and take care of you this coming week. Next week, I'll see you again, the same time, with another word from the Lord. Be blessed.